stage tonight. I'm there. Um, we'll be on a tight stage tonight. It'll be fine. How is everybody doing? I'm, I don't know about you. I'm kind of sad. This is not the weather I signed up for, but it's the weather we have. Oh. Well, last week, a dream of mine came true. Not that the weather was nice, although that was pretty nice too, but a dream of mine came true. Some of you may know, some of you may remember, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, huge Lord of the Rings nerd. I'll call it what it is. I'm a huge nerd to the point like my son's initials are J.R.R., which are the same initials as J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of the books who, uh, that the movies are based on. Like, I'm a huge nerd. And last week was the 20th anniversary of the third movie, The Return of the King, coming out in theaters. So my wife and I got tickets to go see it in theaters again because they had a special event. Like, this was a dream come true for me. I was in elementary school when it uh, first came out. I saw it in theaters way back then. I don't remember any of that. So I got to go see it in all of its glory on the big screen. All the details, all the epic moments. I was so happy about it. But here's the thing. That movie is a four-hour movie. It's the extended edition because, of course it is. Uh, a four-hour movie that started at 7 p.m. On top of a day that was already full for both my wife and I, we were both up at 6 a.m. She was chasing around a toddler all day while getting our house ready for my parents who were going to come babysit. I had to drive down to the cities, have meetings all day, and then back up to St. Cloud because, of course, Brainerd doesn't have it. So it's down in St. Cloud, so we already have to drive down there for it. Movie starts at 7. We find ourselves at 9.30 looking at each other like, still awake? This was worth it, right? Oh, it's 9.30. We have two hours left before the end of this movie, and we're so exhausted. We turn to each other thinking, like, how are we going to get home? We have an hour drive, and then we have to sneak into the house to hopefully a sleeping baby that is not still awake, uh, keep him awake while saying goodnight to my parents. Like, we're not going to be in our own beds till like, 2 a.m., and we're all in that moment. We just want to go to sleep in our own beds. We were asking in that moment, is this really worth it? Now, of course it was. Yes, absolutely it was. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. But have you had those moments where you start something and then halfway through you're like, I don't know if this was worth it. I don't actually think uh, this was worth my time, energy, money, all that fun stuff. And, and now w when it's something kind of like, I don't know, learning how to play the piccolo or uh, buying the new game or watching the new show on Disney Plus. Like, it's not that big a deal when we ask that question. But what happens when it becomes something personal? Maybe it's a friendship that you've had for years that you now are questioning, is this a worthwhile friendship? Maybe it's something that has been a part of your life for so long, a sport that you don't know if you're going to keep playing. Maybe it's something that you believe in. What about our following Jesus? What if that's the thing that we're afraid might not be worth all of the struggle for? If you've ever had doubt 
or questions about God, you're not alone. I've been there. Since the beginning of creation, people have been doubting God. Adam and Eve, the first humans, they doubted if God's guidelines were really what was best for them. Even Jesus' own disciples, the people who saw him face to face, who actually saw these miracles happen, these miraculous things that Jesus was doing, who heard the words from his mouth, asked repetitive questions, expressed their confusion, that they just, they didn't get it. They, they doubted if this was worth it. Now, they doubted not because of what they knew, but because of what they didn't know. Now, in the Bible, we read a ton of stories, a lot of stories about people who decided following Jesus really was worth it and how they devoted their whole life, even some of them giving up their life to follow him. But we also have to, to recognize that there were people that didn't think that following Jesus was worth it. One of those people we find in Mark 10. So open your Bibles with me to page 846, and let's read this story. Mark 10, verse 17. And he, Jesus, was setting out on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to, in, to go to heaven? Is essentially what this guy's asking. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now hold on to that. We'll come back to it. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not uh, steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not steal. Uh, do not, I read that. Do not uh, defraud, honor your father and mother. And he, the man, said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The rich man in the story wanted to know what he needed to do to experience eternal life, to go to heaven. He was looking for this list of ways to live. What can I do? Give me a check, checklist and I'll do it. Why? Well, the Jewish people of his day were committed to following a lot of laws. We find these in the Old Testament. These laws uh, told us how to live, how to eat, when to go uh, when to rest, how to worship God. Some of them were similar to our, our government laws. Some of them were different, though. But when Jesus interacted with the man, he didn't offer a checklist of tasks to complete like the man wanted. Instead, Jesus went deeper than that. Because a, a checklist of, of tasks wouldn't have done him any good. Because That's why Jesus said, only God is good. He wasn't, Jesus wasn't trying to make a statement about himself not being God. He is God. He is good. He was reminding the man, hey, even all of your good deeds, they're not good. It won't get you anywhere. These lists can't get you anywhere. 
he took it deeper. He said, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor. Now, Jesus didn't want that man's money. He didn't actually care about the money. The money wasn't the thing. He wanted the man's commitment. Jesus could see that the man trusted his money more than he trusted in God. And now we can take that statement and put anything in place of money. Jesus saw that he trusted his friends, his status, his popularity, his family, his hobbies, his whatever it is, fill in the blank, more than God. I think Jesus' response can be summed up like this. God doesn't want you to give only the things that are easy for you to give. You are being asked to give everything to love God and love others. But the man wasn't willing to go that far. He was looking to follow God in a way that was convenient for him, not in a way that would require his whole heart. So he walked away sad. Jesus' invitation to let go and put others first simply wasn't worth it to the man. This story has a strange ending, doesn't it? Like we expect like Jesus to go chasing after this guy. Like, no, you don't understand. I'm worth it. Come follow me. You'll see. But he doesn't do that. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus still pursues that man. He still wants him to follow him, but he's not going to require it. He's not going to force it. Jesus simply invites, come and see, come and follow. Now, did this man ever change his mind? We don't know. We're not told. But here's what we do know, is that a short time after this, Jesus went and was killed, died on a cross, that he rose from the grave, and that he proved exactly who he was, that he was exactly who he said he was, and he proved everything he said was true. He conquered sin and death forever. Jesus is absolutely worth following. Last week, we talked about this. We, we talked about in, how in John 14, Jesus makes this incredible statement about himself, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that he was going away to prepare a place for us, that where he is, we can be also. See, the invitation of Jesus is to come and have life. Life and more life and eternal life. Life with as it should be. Life lived in relationship with Jesus. That's the invitation. Now, does that mean it's easy? Does that make it easy? No. Even when we look at the people who decided Jesus really was worth it, it's still difficult and frightening at times. So let's look at them. Let's take a look at, at Jesus' disciples and see what helped them to make a different decision. We're going to turn to John 14, where we were last week. It's on uh, page 901. This is right uh, when Jesus is telling them that I'm going to go away, and it, he's flipping up their, uh, their idea of what their life is going to look like on its head. This is what he says. We're going to start reading in verse 15. 
If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The disciples found out Jesus was going away and didn't know what to make of it. They couldn't figure out what was going to happen next or what their life was going to look like. The doubt began to grow and the questions got scary. But Jesus knew how they were feeling. So he promised to send his disciples help through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. That same spirit that Jesus promised to his disciples that night 2,000 years ago is the same spirit he promises to you today. Now, let's, let's take a look at the way Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. Even we can add in later on in verse 26, this is what he says about him. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as, as being a counselor, someone who is always ready to guide and help. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth, someone who will point us towards what is right and away from what's wrong, away from things that can hurt us. He'll show us the truth. He's also, the, the Holy Spirit's also described as a comforter, someone who walks closely with you that he will be with us and will dwell in us, even. So when you start feeling doubt and wondering, like Jesus' disciples did, don't get upset at yourself for asking a reasonable question. Like Jesus' disciples, or even the rich young man who turned away from Jesus, you two sometimes might wonder if following Jesus is worth it. Is it worth the commitment, the sacrifice, the discomfort? Is it worth your whole heart? Jesus knew we'd struggle sometimes. He knew that we would have doubts. That's why he sends his spirit to provide comfort, wisdom, and help. So when you doubt following Jesus is worth it, don't give up. Look to the Holy Spirit. Jesus wasn't afraid of doubts, even when they seemed massive and difficult to understand. Instead, he welcomes doubts and gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us through our questions. So in space, sometimes crazy things happen. You think I'm like taking a weird left turn. It'll make sense in a second, I promise. In space, weird things happen, uh, specifically with galaxies. So there are, you know, tons of galaxies in the world, in the universe. Sometimes they can collide and pass through each other. And this creates this weird epic galaxy scale level tug of war. Uh, like this picture right here. This is uh, what's known as the ARP, ARP 143 cluster. These two galaxies are in this massive tug of war together. The, and it's crazy. The, the galaxy on the uh, your left, I, can, I know directions, 
your left is actually winning this fight and it's pulling uh, gas and light and stars from the other galaxy creating this like weird triangle shape. And this crazy thing happens in that uh, environment. It, it's actually this, this space that is, makes the forming of stars happen so much faster and quicker. It's this like breeding ground for new stars to form. Uh, this crazy environment through this epic tug of war, the, the, the forces of gravity pulling on each other. And we think like this would be a, a place for destruction, but instead it's a place for new life. In a similar way, our questions about God can feel like this tense tug of war between doubt and faith. I'm supposed to believe this. I, I know I'm supposed to believe this, but I have questions. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how this can be true. And that tension, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's worth it. But that place of tension doesn't have to be a place of destruction. It can actually be a place where new things can be born, where, where your faith can be strengthened, where new understanding of God can be had. It, it's not a place to run from. It's a place to embrace. If you're currently wondering if Jesus is worth it, I wonder what new things could be born with the help of the Holy Spirit in this place of tension you're currently in. And maybe you're on the other side of that coin where you, you feel like, yeah, I think, I believe following Jesus is worth it. I wonder why you would say that. I, I have my reasons, but what are yours? Do you know your reasons? Have you experienced that? Well, this week, I want to challenge you to do one thing. Wherever you are on that spectrum, I want to challenge you to do one thing this week. Every day, I want you to pray a very simple prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to help you. I want you to say these words. Holy Spirit, help me see Jesus is worth it. Do this every day. When you wake up before you get out of bed, before you go to breakfast, uh, on your way to school, on your way to work out, on your way to, to practice, on your way to uh, go eat dinner, on your way to bed, while you're laying in your bed waiting to go to sleep, pray this simple prayer. Holy Spirit, help me see Jesus is worth it. Make that one request every day. And you're going to see some awesome things pop up in your life. When following Jesus got difficult for his disciples, Jesus promised to send his spirit. And today, right now, Jesus promises the same thing to you. If you have questions, don't give up. Help is available. When you doubt following Jesus is worth it. Look to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. In the quietness of this moment, use this as the opportunity to say that prayer for the first time this week. Holy Spirit, help me see Jesus is worth it. Help me see Jesus is worth it.
Jesus, you are so good. You have entered into this world to bring us back to yourself, to be in relationship with us. You love us so incredibly much. You want to be known by us. But we have questions. We don't understand all the time. Help us see you clear. Meet us where we're at. Holy Spirit, comfort us. Help us. Guide us in this tension. We love you. In your name. Amen. Go to groups. 10th grade girls, you're going with junior girls.